0: Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get podcasts.
1: The end of the world is coming. It was predicted thousands of years ago. See ya! A reverse polarity sunspot. Goodbye! There is no such thing as death. Life is only a dream. This is the end. This week we are talking
0: with our friends at Scientific American about endings, cultures fading, natural resources dwindling, and how, and how so often the end of one thing is really the beginning of another, and well, that's that, that what listener. brings us to our conversation today. Did you hear that is,
2: listener there in the promo?
0: I did, and she mm-hmm. was talking about how difficult it was for the family to deal with them harvesting organs from her loved one who had passed away.
2: Well, you know, I, my, my college roommate uh, died like five years ago. He donated his kidney to his nephew. And very traumatic situation he died as a result of a medical error and you know i I think about that kidney still alive in his in his nephew in a,
0: interest of full disclosure, you and I are both organ donors, yes that's true um. But, you know, when you talk about endings as we are all this week, you're often what you're really talking about is the passage of time. Um, and you can talk about the ending of eras. You can talk about the ending of the, the, the age of the Renaissance, centennial anniversaries. But today it, it's much, much more narrow. We're talking about a minute 60 seconds that could go by very quickly, and yet in this particular case, these are 60 seconds that could determine the ending of one life and the beginning of another. So to talk about this and explain is Robin Morantz-Hennig. She wrote a controversial piece, a piece about a controversial practice in this month's Scientific American magazine. And we also have Dr. Bill Pietra. He's a medical director of the Pediatric Cardiac Transplant Program at Denver's Children's Hospital. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Good morning. This is a difficult subject to talk about because obviously emotions run very high. But I want to be extremely clear about what it is that we're talking about today. Of of all the organ donors, eighty five percent of them are brain dead when their organs are harvested.
2: Correct, Robin? That's true. And oh. even that definition is a difficult one. You know, th-
0: th- whether there's brain activity or not.
2: Whether there's brain activity, and for people to understand that brain death. Is equivalent to death because you look at the body and it's it's pink and breathing.
0: Right. Okay. There's a, there's a small subset set, 15% of organ donors who still have a little bit at some sign of activity in the brain but are dead.
2: Are about to be dead. Right. These are... Uh, imminently dead. There's nothing you can do about it. They will die very soon.
0: Right, exactly. And this is where the difficulty comes in. So what we're talking about is the difference between one minute after death and two minutes after death. Explain.
2: Um, well, according to the dead donor rule, which is the uh, the convention of when you donate a, an organ, you have to be dead first. Um, you have to wait in the case of these 15% of donation after cardiac death for the heart to actually stop beating on its own and then wait um, a certain amount of time to make sure it's not going to resuscitate on its own. Uh, Nobody has seen a heart sort of come back to activity any uh, later than two minutes after it first stopped beating. So the convention has been to wait two full minutes after the heart stops beating before you harvest the heart.
0: But at this point, uh, Dr. Pietro, maybe you you can explain, especially in cases that you deal with, you actually do um, organ transplants with
1: children. Right. I I mean, the the biggest thing with brain death is that it's a difficult uh, concept, I think, for the layman to understand is that you're exactly right, that the, the patient appears pretty well. They're not breathing because they have to be on life support. That was a that that's not true so they go to the operating room their heart is beating at the time it's harvested but they have met the legal definition of death what we've done with DCD which is a donation after cardiac death is basically use organs including the heart and for children the the biggest thing is that children are developing so if you make rules about this is what brain death is and it's based on development Many children and infants never will meet those criteria, yet they are going to die. And that's, that's the tragedy here, is that we have lots of children that have feudal disease. They are going to die. And their parents are motivated. They want to donate. They sort of have a right to donate. And that's the other flip side of this that I think we should bring out, is that there is a right to donation. And by doing the DCD protocol, we basically harvest the heart after it stops within a defined period, um, just as Robin was talking about.
0: But Robin, you heard the clip from the woman who said that they discovered after uh, her, her sister passed away that she was an organ donor, and it, and it was very traumatizing for the family that they yeah. harvested her organs.
2: Well, from what I understand of, of organ donors, um, sh- mo- most people feel... Differently from that, most people feel the way John was saying that the, a little bit of that um, loved one is still alive elsewhere, and that they feel like taking a tragic death and making turning it into something meaningful, uh, you know, just sort of adds to their feeling that that things are going to be okay.
0: But what we're really talking about here is is moving this waiting period up, moving away from that two minute timeline right
2: right and in fact some people who I talk about in the article uh, go so far as to say what we should move away from is the dead donor rule we should not even uh, require that the organ donor meet certain criteria of death but I mean how do voluntary uh, organ donors donate say a kidney while they're alive I mean what are the protocols there Oh, that's totally different right. from, yeah. from these issues because we have two kidneys and you can do with right. just one. In so, fact, many people are born with just one functioning kidney. And right. Um, but is, isn't that a precedent for maybe mo- modifying these things? Um, not, not in this case. I mean, what we're talking about here is is um, donating what they call vital organs, organs that you right. can't right. live a without. Heart. Right. A heart, lungs.
0: Well, Dr. Pietra, I, I have to ask you, I mean, any time you start redefining... I mean, obviously, we've seen how much controversy there is, is over redefining when life begins. But there, there's also a lot of motion caught up in, in in talking about when life actually ends. And that can be very difficult for for families to, to say that let go, stop trying to resuscitate, right?
1: Um, typically, in the DCD patients, that's not the case. The, these patients, and the, the other part that's not kind of brought out in the article is that... Um, most of the decision-making the handling of the patients and so forth is not done by our team it's done by the baby's doctors and they're the real heroes in this because what they're trying to do is they've done everything they could to try to save this child's life they have come to the conclusion this is futile with the parents they have um, you know Decided to withdraw support, so this is a so child a that deal. is going to die. Well, and, and so, let me ask
0: you, what does that minute make? Uh, we're, we're running out of time, but let me ask you, how much, how significant can that minute be in for in that transplant in the in the patient who?
1: Well, we survived? don't we don't really know. I mean, we we are kind of like uh, the the uh, Wright brothers with with aircraft. I mean, we did it. We came up with a protocol because we knew that time was important for the heart that. The longer it sat um, warm and without oxygen, the less likely it was going to work. And in fact, the very first one we did where we waited three minutes didn't work as well as the subsequent um, hearts that we did. So we know that it's important, and we're not saying this is how you do it. I think it's proof of principle.
0: Dr. Bill Pietra is the medical director of the Pediatric, pediatric Cardiac Transplant Program at Denver Children's Hospital. And Robin Morantz-Hennig, author of When Does Life Belong to the Living? That's an article that appears in this month's Scientific American magazine. Thanks so much.